On this episode of the Catholic Echo podcast from the Diocese of Youngstown, we're talking about reconfiguration with Bishop David Bonner and Monsignor John Zura. Find more about this episode's topic, including articles from the Catholic Echo, at catholicecho.org slash podcast. And now, the host of the Catholic Echo podcast, Father Jim Corda. Hello and welcome to the Catholic Echo podcast. I'm your host, Father Jim Corda. Our show is brought to you by the annual Diocesan Appeal, the Catholic Communication Campaign, and Cumulus Media Youngstown. Welcome back, Bishop Bonner, to our show. It's nice to have you with us. Thank you so much, Father. You know, today we're going to talk about kind of a sensitive topic, and that is the regionalization pastoral plan that was promulgated prior to your arrival as the ordinary here in the Diocese of Youngstown, and that was promulgated in June of 2019 under the late Bishop George Murray. What I'd like to do, first of all, is to remind the folks that are with us that the pastoral plan that was promulgated in 2019 really finds its roots in past plans that former bishops have talked about. So this is nothing new. This is something that goes way back 20, 30 years where we as a diocese really need to look at the fewer priests reality, the fewer Catholics that we are having in our pews, but also the need to be proper stewards of the blessing of our diocesan church. And so when you came as our ordinary in 2021, you basically inherited this plan that, for lack of a better word, was put on hold and tabled because of the pandemic. And yet that plan, which was promulgated which received the stamp of approval through our consultative bodies like the priest council, where I at the time was a chair, that we really needed to move this plan forward. Why is it important for us to have a plan and to kind of stick to that plan? Well, there's an old saying, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. (laughs) So it's absolutely critical that as a church that we live in reality Mm -hmm. because we can't give what we don't have. And so part of living in reality is looking at our assets, looking at our liabilities, Mm -hmm. looking at our resources. It also means looking ahead to Mm -hmm. projections and the possibilities relative to ordinations. Mm -hmm. It also means looking at the financial resources, the means for the mission, you might say. It's a convergence of realities that we can't close our eyes to. So we need to be intentional in terms of having a plan. And this has not been easy because one of the things that I had to do, and I was very intentional about this when I got here, was we had so many, a handful of priests who well past the retirement age were continuing to serve. I called them in a year in advance and basically said to them, look, Father, I can accept your retirement at the age of 70. You're 80-something now. And for the good of our plan, for the good of our future, I need to accept your retirement this coming spring. That was not an easy thing for me to do, but it was all about ensuring for the future and having a plan because you can't build a plan around personalities. Mm -hmm. you got to build it around the realities at hand. And we really can't live on sentiment either. You know, as Catholics, when we grow up, we belong to a particular parish. Sometimes and oftentimes that changes over the years. I know for myself, my parish, Immaculate Conception, on the east side of Youngstown closed in 2010. That was a reality. That's where I had my sacraments. That's where I had my first mass. That's where my parents were married. And the building is still standing. And yet 
the group and the community have moved on to form what is now St. Angelo Marici Church, and then coupled with St. Patrick's on the south side. So there's a sense that we understand that we are community. We are a faith community gathered not around a building, but we gather around one another, and we gather around the altar of the Lord. Why is it important for us to remember that this is not all about buildings, because if we look at our local diocesan church, not just our diocese, but many dioceses across the country, we have far too many buildings that are either underutilized or not being used at all. Well, I just go back to the words of Jesus who says, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in their midst. What he's talking about there is community. He's not talking about a building. Yes, there's bricks and mortar, but we can never lose sight of the living stones. And yet, unfortunately, the bricks and the mortar kind of take precedence. And it's so much more than that. You know, I was in at a mission conference back in the fall. Our diocese is a mission diocese. And every two years, Catholic Extension hosts all the mission bishops. There's about 87 different mission dioceses, which means we're funded in grants in part by the Catholic Extension Society. And I sat next to the bishop from Nashville And he turned to me and he said, boy, he said, I need to build five churches. And he said, I should have built them yesterday. And I said, well, I said, I've closed 12 churches. Mm -hmm. So it just gives an idea of what's happening in our country. I mean, we live here in the Rust Belt. We're in just a different situation than they are. But the church is about community. And it's being broadened now with, as so many of our priests are serving in multiple parishes, trying to invite a greater sense of partnership and sharing among those communities. And we would like to remind the folks that are with us that every county in our diocese has really been affected by this pastoral plan, this regionalization plan or reconfiguration plan, for lack of a better word. Why is it important for us to recognize that we are all in this together, that there's no single parish that will be untouched or unfazed, that we as a diocesan church need to look at this reality? Well, I think it just comes down to the fact that we are all in this together, and there's no exceptions. You know, we can't be selective about our placement in the life of this local church. Our priests have modeled that. I mean, as they have, they've become like Gumby, being stretched and pulled and twisted in so many different ways, all for the good of the church. Our parishioners have felt that too, as their mass times have been cut. There's been resources shared, which were simply exclusive to their own parish, but now it's broadened. We even, in our central offices, our central offices aren't what they used to be. I'm the only full-time cleric in this operation. All the other priests that work here have other responsibilities outside the building. So everyone is, is sharing in this, and we're all in this together. There are a handful of parishes that right now are not merged or linked with other parishes. However, down the road, that will no longer be the reality because there needs to be a sense of not only working together, but sharing resources, sharing personnel. And how can we be more open as a local church or as priests to that reality? I think part of it is just surrendering ourselves to the Holy Spirit. In the joy of the gospel, Pope Francis speaks about when we surrender ourselves to the Holy Spirit, great things can happen. It isn't about us trying to control or manipulate situations. I mean, this is God's church. He's in charge. We just need to follow his lead. And I think the more we open ourselves up to that and that we aspire to not be afraid, 
the better it will be for all of us. And I think we would like to remind the folks that are with us how important they are in this whole pastoral plan. We do need their support, their efforts, and also their continued work together with those who are ministers in the church to build up this local community. And also as a reminder to them to pray for vocations, vocations to the priesthood and religious life so we could have more workers in this vineyard that we call the Diocese of Youngstown. Stay with us. We'll be right back. The Catholic Echo is the media arm of the Catholic Diocese of Youngstown, and it seeks to inform and entertain Catholics in our six-county diocese by forging stronger connections to our parish communities and highlighting the many blessings of Catholic life in our region. If you have a story idea for the Catholic Echo magazine, podcast, or website, send an email to catholicecho at youngstowndiocese.org. We'd love to hear your ideas. Wondering what happened to timely Catholic news in the Diocese of Youngstown? It's at catholicecho.org. Sign up for the email newsletter while you're there to have Catholic news delivered to your inbox. With me is Monsignor John Zura, who is the Vicar General for the Diocese of Youngstown. Welcome to our show. Thank you, Father Corda. You know, back in 2019, where it was promulgated through the late Bishop George Murray pastoral plan, regionalization plan for the Diocese of Youngstown. That plan kind of was set aside because of the pandemic for a little bit and then picked up again when Bishop Bonner came. So let's give the folks that are with us a little background and history as to how this all started and what took place prior to its promulgation. Basically, we looked at three major reasons. The first was the amount of clergy that are able to serve the Diocese of Youngstown. The second dealt with our geography and how many Catholics basically were attending Mass on Sunday. And the third basically dealt with the total decline of population within our geographical area, the state of Ohio. It's interesting how the plan in 2019 reflects a little bit going back to Bishop Malone's time, Mm -hmm. the walking together. Walking together linked parishes geographically And, you know, Bishop Malone had the insight that the numbers would not be where they were, you know, when he was still with us and what they are today. So the pastoral or regional plan takes a little bit about that walking together. And we're looking at the various parishes and how each parish can be linked or eventually merged as units so that ministry can continue in a most effective way. Just some numbers I think that are vitally important. Presently there are 52 active priests within the Diocese of Youngstown. Six are over the age of 70. There are only two that are in their 20s. The majority of those men serving within our parishes are 60 and above. So we're looking at numbers and we're simply saying, how can what we have be effectively utilized to minister sacramentally to the people entrusted to our care? Let's talk about the numbers. You know, oftentimes when we do that, people say, oh, well, you know, you're playing the numbers game. And, but that's the reality that we're living in. 
And it's not just the reality for us here in the Diocese of Youngstown, but I think dioceses around the country. And I remember back during Bishop Malone's time when we worked on the Walking Together process, we kind of looked at what was going on in the climate of the world. There are many parishes around the world that did not have a resident pastor. So I think we here in the diocese were very fortunate that all of our parishes have a resident pastor or at least a canonical pastor. That's very different in the world scene. So first of all, we're very fortunate in that regards. But when we look at the numbers and what I would like to call the fewer priests, as opposed to decline in priesthood. We have fewer priests doing the ministry. As we look back on the early days, over 200 years ago, when the diocese and when Father Fenwick came, he came with a band of five or six priests, and they took care of Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin, this whole Northwest. And so this whole idea of numbers is kind of relative according to our time and space. But we have to be very honest that we have fewer priests doing more work. How do we reconcile that? And I think it's important to realize, and you correctly articulate this whole concept of fewer priests. That has been part of the history of the church since the very beginning, that, you know, even Jesus prayed, you know, the prayer to send more workers because the harvest was great. Realistically, what we have to look at is with fewer priests and the number of parishes. You know, presently there are 81 parishes within the Diocese of Youngstown. But what we have to realize now is that there are only nine parishes presently that are single units. There's one in Columbiana, one in Mahoning, four in Stark, one in Portage, two in Trumbull. And all the other parishes, there might be a resident pastor, there might be a diocesan pastoral associate, but uh, they're all connected with someone else. Some individuals might see this as negative, but in all honesty, it's bringing faith groups together. And to simply say, you know, here are faith groups that might have certain strengths in this area, but maybe might be weak in another area. Another parish might have the strength where a weakness lies somewhere else. So we're working together as the body of Christ to truly bring forth the message, not in a way in which we become somewhat isolated, but to see ourselves as wider than just, you know, these four walls on a certain building. I think we have to realize that we cannot do it alone. We have to walk and work together in this vineyard. And unless we do that, then we're not truly church. And because church means that we work together as the body of Christ to build up God's kingdom. It's just not one parish doing that, but it's together as a whole diocese working to bring about God's kingdom. I think in closing of this segment, I'd like to also talk about the number of of masses that priests are allowed to say. And that was one thing that came out of the pastoral plan. Can you talk about that? And according to canon law, 
there are three weekend masses that an individual is permitted to celebrate. The beauty of the law is that there's just not a multiplication of masses. There has to be a give and take, you know, amongst the region where individuals set a mass schedule that individuals can utilize and, you know, sometimes with work or other activities, you know, the 8 o'clock might not be the best, but there might be an 11 o'clock in the geographical region where individuals can truly celebrate the Eucharist. What we have to be very careful is that we do not multiply, especially at the vigil, everyone having a 4 o'clock, because that might not be serving us the best. But if we can look at the region and simply say, if this one can offer a 4, maybe there's a 4.30, 5 o'clock, we're working together or, you know, as our previous plan articulated, we're walking together. Mm -hmm. And I think the other reality is that as priests get older, there is less of a burden that they can bear. And quite honestly, I don't know, I'm sure in your experience too, celebrating Mass effectively and doing it to the fullest of how we are able to takes energy and time. And so unless we give that to our people fully within those three masses, we cannot stretch ourselves physically, emotionally, spiritually. And the Second Vatican Council called us to full and active participation. So when the church is half full or less than half full, we're not fully using the resources that we can. I truly believe it's the Holy Spirit working within the church that we did, in all honesty, move to a direction where it was massive convenience instead of masses that are truly worship and bringing forth the concept of celebration. We're going to talk more about that in a moment. Stay with us. We'll be right back. The new Catholic Echo podcast will inform and entertain the faithful of the diocese by discussing various topics that are relevant in the church today. Bishop David J. Bonner begins the podcast with your host, Father Jim Porta, on the topic of the day. And then you'll want to hear from those with expertise on that topic. You can listen to the Catholic Echo podcast on WHOTFM 101, WYFM, FM 102.9, WQXK FM 105.1 on Sundays at 6.30 a.m. or catch it online by going to catholicecho.org slash podcast. The Catholic Echo podcast is produced by the Communications Department of the Diocese of Youngstown. Welcome back to our show. I'm talking with Monsignor John Zura. One of the terms that we use often is mergers or worship sites and parishes. Kind of define those different words and how we can best understand that in light of the pastoral plan that is put before us. There's a very rich vocabulary that we utilize. We can talk about collaborative units in which an individual parish or parishes keep their identity, finances are kept separate, councils are kept separate, but they collaborate to effectively bring forth the mission. 
There are parishes after study with the parish council, finance council, that they decide that they want to merge. They become one unit. They change their name so they can identify with that new name. In a merged unit, there is one common parish council, one common finance council. There might be different sites, site A or site B, but in all honesty, they're merged. All their programming is merged. There are times in which, after consultation with the finance council, the parish council, that it comes to the point where a church needs to close. Now, we have to be very realistic that this is not easy. It is not easy through the Code of Canon Law. It is not easy for the people themselves to see a building close. But sometimes it necessitates the closure of the building so that the ministries within that merged unit can, in fact, flourish. A multitude of buildings is a multitude of expenses. And if the merged unit truly wants to use their resources to the best that they possibly can, there are times in which a petition of closure needs to take place so that present ministries or future ministries can, in fact, take place in that community. You know, you and I both have experienced a closure of our own home parishes. Mm -hmm. That's been a reality. And painful sometimes as that is, people do move on because they're welcomed into another parish community that merged with the closed unit. But why is it important for us to remember that we are the body of Christ. It's not the building, but it's who we are as people, as those living blocks, that living building that really embodies and encapsulizes who we are as church. There's a fantastic prayer that basically says, Christ has no arms but ours, no eyes but ours, no voice but ours. And that articulates, you know, the coming together. Buildings can be destroyed by fire. They can be destroyed by hurricanes. They can be destroyed by tornadoes. But that community, and we have seen that in various parts of the United States where disaster hits, the community remains. And that is who we are called to be. We are called to be in communion with one another. We are called to be the body of Christ to and for one another. It's remarkable with some of these parishes that have merged and a building has closed and a new name is selected. Father Corder, you and I had the experience of both, you know, Sacred Heart and Immaculate Conception on the east side. When that new name of St. Angela Marici was brought forth, it represented a common element of both parishes, which was the Ursuline Sisters. And, you know, their foundress was Angela Marici, and the name, which was common to both parishes, brought forth this new identity for the name of the building, but the common element of the Ursuline Sisters, which was part from their beginning, remained. Let's talk about that phrase, a worship site. You know, oftentimes we talk about our parish 
and we talk about a parish closing, but canonically a parish hasn't necessarily closed, but a worship site has closed. Define those terms. Okay, there are times in which in this geographical area or a region that a parish does in fact merge. There might be two churches or three churches. Financially, you know, with the various utilities and the amount of money that the parishes have, they cannot maintain two sites or three sites. So, you know, they petition to close these sites. It's difficult for people because they realize maybe their ancestors, you know, have built this place. But as we articulated, the community continues. The community, which is the body of Christ, comes together in worship. It's not a competition, and this is something that we have to move away from. There are no winners nor losers in these situations, but it best represents where the church is today, opposed to where it was 50, 60 years ago. As we said, we've always had a lack of ministers within the church, But the Holy Spirit, you know, is inviting us to consider alternative ministerial groupings. And I think the Diocese of Youngstown here has, you know, what we call diocesan pastoral associates that do in fact help the pastor or the associate pastor effectively minister to the people that are entrusted to them. One thing in closing in our last couple of minutes I'd like to talk about is I've participated in some of these worship site closures, and there's a very moving part of the ceremony where the closing would be that people one at a time come and reverence the altar, whether it's touching it or kissing it or reverencing it, and then they individually leave the church, and then the bishop is the last one out the doors and closes at. But yet those people touching the symbol of Jesus on the altar and then bringing that with them to the new worship site that they go, hopefully, to celebrate and gather around that altar. So there's this whole sense that we say goodbye to the past, we welcome the the present and the future. So how important is it for us to really embrace this pastoral plan and to continue to work towards its completion because it really will never be completed? Right. We are people of ritual, and, you know, that is one of the rituals that happen. You know, at every Mass, the Mass is ended. Yes, this specific celebration is ended, but it never ends. And by touching, you know, this symbol of Christ, you know, we continue to build the body of Christ. Now, regarding the pastoral plan, the regional plan, it is most important for the viability of the diocese. That we can't give up. As I said before, there are no winners, no losers. But, you know, together we are the church. And the church at prayer, the church basically at worship. So that we don't give up because maybe the physical building has closed. Our faith has never closed. And we want to let the folks know that this has touched every county of our diocese. There's no county that has been left alone, but everyone has experienced a merging, a closing, or some kind of 
community outreach where we've worked and walked together. And those nine parishes that are basically still single units during the year of 2024, they're going to be studied and looked at where our resources and our personnel can best utilize. So we're moving in the direction where there will be no longer single units. And God continue to guide and direct us. For more information, you can go to catholicecho.org. The Catholic Echo Podcast is a production of the Roman Catholic Diocese of Youngstown in cooperation with Cumulus Media Youngstown. I'm your host, Father Jim Corda. Have a blessed day and may God be with you.